May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning to all of you. Got to tell you, it has been many, many years since I have watched a Miss Universe or a Miss America. I don't know if you watch those types of things, or I don't even know if they're still on, to be honest, but they probably are in some form or fashion. But I know a common theme when they would get to the interviewing the candidates so you could see who they were a little bit, they would ask them the question, what is the most important thing in the world? What would you want to see most important thing in the world? And can you guess what most of their answers are? I heard it. World peace, peace, inter-peace. That's a normal thing that they will get up and say why it's so important, how they think we can achieve it. As I'm considering things like that, I got to tell you, over the past two weeks, I have felt none of that peace. I mean, you've heard my family is, is transitioning to a new place, and I will get to share that place with you today at the announcement. So more to come on that. But as we consider peace, mine has been lacking. And, may, and may, I don't know if Jackson and Gabe have felt that or if they're ever peaceful, how they're, they're all over the place all the time. Um, Ashley has probably felt my and her own lack of peace as well. I mean, we've got transition upon us, our house trying to sell here, trying to get into a new rental, hearing if we got the one we want and we can't, we, you know, we, we need to figure that out to see where our kids are going to be in school, which one they're going to go to, and then everything in between. And it's just been a lot of waiting and waiting and too much waiting that doesn't cause a lot, cause a lot of peace within. And if I lift up my head out of my own ups and downs in life, I see a number of you that I have been with you in situations that don't feel very peaceful. And the loss of job as we continue to walk through inflation and what that means for our budgets in loss of loved ones and planning funerals, praying for surgeries and procedures, there is many things that can try to take our peace away. Maybe you came here this morning, everything's going just right with you and God, and you couldn't be happier. And I pray you stay there as long as you can. But if you're like most human beings, you probably came here actually seeking some peace. As we get to gather in the presence of God for word and sacrament and with our parish family. And I got something for you this morning. <laughs> because we are going to look into, by the words of Paul in his letter to the Colossians, we heard read, he takes us into the deep peace that can only come from relationship with our Lord and Savior. And we get to hear three things that he's going to point out that take us into this deep peace that can only come through God. He'll first tell us about the peace that comes through the mediator. And then he'll tell us about the means and the method by which that mediator offers us this peace. And finally, we'll talk about the magnitude that this peace has for all of us. 
before we look at those three things, I want to set up a little context of understanding to help you understand how Paul is going to use these things to show us peace and what he was dealing with while he wrote these things. As we hear, the letter is written by Paul to the church in Colossae, and hence the Colossians. And as he's writing this letter, there is much going on within this young church. He is trying to keep false teachers from coming in and ripping apart the foundation that that church has been built upon. You see, you've probably heard of the Gnostics, and at this time, he is addressing what is known as the Gnostic heresy. And the words, as you'll see in just a moment, the Gnostics thought about God. A common belief that they had was that God and spirit was good, and that anything that was flesh or physical was bad, and the two could not mix. Hence, what do we do with the question of how did God create the world? Well, they came up with the philosophy and an answer as they would have all kinds of answers and debates over such theological questions. The Gnostics would come up with, well, God didn't create the world because those things could mix. Therefore, it had to be intermediaries or something else that actually created the world. And it went on and on with the Gnostics. And this is why Paul, in his letter last week, we had the first 14 verses. And today, in this first chapter, we have verses 15 through 28. This is the context that he is addressing and he in the language that comes out. In the writing in the text we had last week from Colossians, he points to how God is creator and God is sustainer and supreme and is preeminent over all and through all, and especially Jesus Christ as he came to the world. This is why he's writing such powerful and in, with influ, in, influential language that in what he is addressing in the context. In verse 19, which we have today, is actually a summary of everything we had last week and where he's leading into those three M points we'll talk about for peace this week. Verse 19 is right in the middle of, of your text that you have there, and I'm sorry we don't put the verses in there, but it's the one that speaks about, and it made God thankful that in him, meaning in Jesus Christ, the fullness of God came upon Jesus. That word fullness is something very important to know because those Gnostics would actually come and say, well, you, Jesus and learning about the teachings of Jesus can take you so far, but if you come to us and the understanding the Gnostics have, you will have a more full or complete understanding of God and the philosophies that we claim. So a little more background for you, but that summary verse in 19 with the fullness what, God, what Paul had argued up until this point is that God is fully human and fully man. That mystery you have probably heard Paul present in different letters that, that he has fully God and fully human come together in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is the understanding that leads into these three points the first being where it's that fully God and fully man come together for Jesus Christ. That is where God is the mediator, where Jesus is the mediator of the 
peace of the deep peace of, that can only be found in God. And if I was to come up with an illustration for that, I know probably all of you, if you have hung out when outside here in Florida when the sun is going down, those beloved mosquitoes have started coming out. Does anyone have a soft spot in their heart for mosquitoes? Probably not. And I am right there with you. It is the wrath of Trent upon all mosquitoes. I mean, I can't tell you how many little bug bites Jackson and Gabe get all over their body when those mosquitoes come out. I would love to ask God that question. What, when you designed mosquitoes, what were you thinking? But if you think about it more and more as it serves this illustration of Jesus being the mediator of the peace of God, this is how we can look at it. Say, maybe you're one of those rare people that has that love for mosquitoes and all of God's creatures, and you come to my house, and we're outside barbecuing, and all of a sudden, I bring out the can of Raid, and you can see it in my eyes. I'm about to execute all mosquitoes with reckless abandon. And you, it comes on you, I've got to save those mosquitoes. So you go and you say, shoo, shoo, fly away, and I'll, maybe I'll be a distraction to keep you from the, the poison, the stream of poison that's about to come your way. And in that moment, you understand that the mosquitoes can't hear you. They can't understand you, and it'll do no good. So somehow, you become one of them. You can fly you can speak mosquito, whatever that sounds like, and you tell them, go away, go away. You are in danger. You need to be saved. And in that moment, they fly away because you, be, that you became one of them and you transform back into your human self and then the spray is coming from the wrath of Trent and yet you step in the way and you take the spray upon them so that on yourself so the mosquitoes can get away. I know it's a little corny, but it is an illustration of Jesus the mediator that becomes the middleman, that stepped in the way of the wrath of God, that spray that was coming, stepped in, took it upon himself on the cross so that we may know salvation and that we would know freedom. This is, and you can see how these are going to build upon one another. This is how the mediator offers us the peace of God. From there, we go to that second M that we used, the method by which the mediator won our freedom for us and gives us this deep peace of God. We hear in the text that it was by his blood on his cross. It was through those means that he bought our salvation. And not just salvation, but reconciliation. You see, we were, re we were sinners left in our sin, not able to save, that from ourselves, save ourselves from that. And God, there was a broken relationship. The, de the definition of reconciliation is the restoration, right restoration in relationship with God. It means hostility turns to love. It means that enemies become friends. Two warring parties finding peace in treaty is what reconciliation means. And because God reconciled us to him through his blood 
on the cross, this was the means that opened up a way of new life and new being for us all. So that leads us to the magnitude. And I'll, t- I'll tell you in a moment's time while I chose that word as, A, I was trying to come up with three M's because it, it flows good, but there's a little bit deeper meaning with how Paul was writing. The magnitude of peace that comes from the mediator, Jesus Christ, through his blood on the cross. We hear as Paul so elegantly writes it, that because of these things and that because we have been reconciled to God, we are given a peace. And we are presented in front of God as we will be one day as spotless, as holy, as blameless, and without reproach. You probably, that's something that should bring deep peace. But you may think in the back of your head, I wish I could have that right now. That future thing that is promised to us, I don't find much peace as I sit here this morning. Well, there's even words directed in the, in the words of Paul right there in that middle section. What I've just talked about is the future that is to come when God returns and claims all things new heaven and new earth. He reclaims it all. But there is language in there that that says you were reconciled in the here and now by the cross and by the blood of Christ. And then that's the future piece we have to look forward to, the full reconciliation and glorification of God when we get to see him face to face. This is what I find so encouraging that brings much lasting peace. I told you that the words, I mean, just considering one day that I will be presented as holy, that if I, could, if I had time to say each one of your names, you, by name, will be in front of God and found holy and blameless and righteous. You, but the promise we have in the here and now as we sit here is that as we continue to struggle in the broken world and sin that is out there, the things that can rob us of any type of peace or happiness that we may have, God doesn't see our sin. As you sit here and now, he sees you as he sees Jesus. He, Jesus paid the price of the sacrifice willingly. And he took the sin that was ours so we would be seen that way no more. It's not a future. I have to get myself better for that time that will come when I am in in front of God face to face and will not be found uh, lacking or I will be seen as holy. He sees you as that right now because of the mediator, because of the means by which he brought, brought it to us, brought salvation to us. And the the final thing we'll look at today, after being presented as spotless and holy, he says, stand firm and do not be stricken or shaken by the faith, but stand firm in the hope that comes through you, that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I told you I chose magnitude with the purpose. If you know about Paul, he knew he was a very good writer in all these different letters and epistles that he wrote. The city of Colossae was actually on a fault line. 
and they actually had to deal with earthquakes all the time. And the actual Greek that he, that he penned, he, he knew exactly how to use an illustration that the Colossians would know as they dealt with shaking all the time. But the Greek that he uses to say, do not be shaken. What he's pointed at is that the peace of God that comes from the mediator Jesus Christ through his blood on the cross the magnitude for us is that we get to walk in a peace and when the world does what it does to bring us to our knees. Those situations you may find yourself in right now or a little later pale in comparison to the deep peace of God that can be within and around all of us. No matter what life circumstances or brokenness continues to happen. This is the great magnitude that we would find ourselves resting in the foundation of the gospel and of the hope that comes therein. I would pray for myself, for each of you. If you find yourselves not feeling very peaceful this morning, remember the words of Paul, the mediator of peace, the means by which that peace was won and the magnitude that it means for each one of us. May you know it, may you live it, and may it continue to unfold for all of you the deep peace that can only be found in right relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All thanks be to him for making the way. Amen.